the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio Podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com. And on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Cloudy rest of the afternoon and evening. Might get a shower later on tonight or overnight, down to 41. Tomorrow, cloudy, a shower possible, high 53. Temperatures actually supposed to gradually rise to the low 60s by the weekend. And then this coming Monday, fall off a cliff, a lot of sun, a high of 36 this coming Monday. Till then, things warming up a bit. Sixers at Toronto this evening at 7.30. Flyers are at Seattle tomorrow night at 10. They have been off for the better part of a week or so. COVID has kind of shut things down for the NHL. They kind of said, you know what, let's just call stuff off for a while and uh, enjoy the holiday and then come back after. So uh, before, though, the Flyers were actually doing really well. They were starting to come along nicely. And uh, then you have this break, which I'm sure is welcome, but also kind of interrupts your momentum. Claude Giroux, the Flyers, talked about that. Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, before the break, I think we uh, felt good about our game. I think we were doing a lot of good good things. We had momentum. Obviously, it's not that great when uh, uh, when you get a break, when you're feeling good about your game. But uh, saying that, we just got to, uh, first game, we just got to make sure we're, uh, we get back on track as fast as we can. It's Claude Giroux of the Flyers. Again, they're at Seattle tomorrow night. Interim head coach Mike Yo talked about what his message was to the team in the most recent practice. Uh, in terms of staying upbeat and energetic, we got a, a group that's really trying to to work to continue to build and and grow, and we want to carry on that momentum that we had uh, going into the break. And um, you know, we're starting to develop some confidence in our game and some areas of our game that that we really feel that we could take some steps. So this is an opportunity to have a great practice today. And I know it's not easy; it's distractions. We had to push practice back. You know, we got uh, the the shooter tutor out there for the guys. But the good teams and the character teams, uh, they don't use excuses. You know, they don't uh, find this as an opportunity not to, to come out and take advantage of a day like today. Uh, I thought our guys did a great job, you know, making sure that they kept their focus, making sure the work ethic was there. We've got to, two days here to work on our game, to continue to build habits and to prepare ourselves for a big road trip coming up. And I thought our guys did that. It's Mike Yo, interim head coach for the Flyers. Monday Night Football last night, Miami 20-3 to over New Orleans. Eagles are playing this coming Sunday at 1 at Washington. They're fresh off a 34-10 win over the New York Giants. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts on that win. Another week where we've kind of come out and obviously not executed like we wanted to, um, but um, I've always admired from day one the the fight of this team, the resiliency of this team, the grit and perseverance of this team. And, you know, you you look at this football team right now, and I just think we have so much character. And how we do things, how we operate, uh, what we strive for, how we work every day, um, and how we're able to co- overcome. So I, I was very happy about that today. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, he's correct in terms of the perseverance. The team started out 2-5, and five, they're now 8-7, uh, and seven, and 
on the cusp of a playoff appearance. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni on that. You know, I think, again, it just speaks to the, the leaders that we have in this team and, and the fact that we knew adversity is going to come. That's just the way this league is. Adversity hits, whether it's a 2-5 and five start, whether it's a postponement of a game and having to play two games, you know, play a game off a 13-day rest or whatever it was, and then play a game off five. I mean, that's what happens in this league. So you try to prepare yourself uh, for adversity and, and be able to handle it. And that's the whole message that we've talked about from, from the beginning of uh, just dog mentality, next play, next play, next play. Jason Kelsey gave a message to the team last night, which was awesome, and his message was press on. Um, you know, and you know, bad things happen, press on. Press on, press on, press on. He, he was awesome talking to the team last night. He's just such a great leader. And so it all comes back to the types of guys that we have in that locker room. A ton of credit, obviously, to Howie and his staff of how they've assembled this team. Uh, I said to Howie in there, you know, Howie said, you know, great job coming back from a two and five start. I said, Howie, great job. Like, what other first year head coaches are in the position I'm in? We have a great offense and defensive line. Usually, when there's a new new head coach, is because the offense and defensive line aren't any good. And and so it's just been a great team effort, a great organization that we're a part of. And then it always comes down to these players and the, and the type of leaders that we have. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni, very gracious in how he speaks. There's scripture about that. He who is gracious with his speech will have the king for his friend. That verse jumps to mind from Proverbs. Uh, Nick Sirianni there. We're going to take a quick break and then looking forward to having a couple of special guests this hour. Uh, John Schneck, who's a guitar player for the band Reliant K, going to join us in just a couple of moments. And we also, uh, they're actually going to be in the area in March. Reliant K back out in the road, one of my favorite bands of all time. Also, Katie J. Trent, author of a book called Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families. It's uh, a really cool book. We're going to get into that with Katie as the program rolls along as well. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on The Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 410, The Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. This is one of my favorite times of the year, not just because of the obvious, certainly Christmas and the meaning of Christmas and Christ's birth, which is certainly front and center, but also just things that kind of come around that, like family time. And often it's a time to be able to reconnect with folks. Case in point, glad to bring on board a fine friend for a long time, but we haven't had a chance to connect in a while. John Schneck, guitar player from Reliant K. Hey, John. How you doing, man? Hey, Jamie. How's it going, man? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? Merry Christmas. Yeah, same to you. How's your family been? Did you guys have a good time? Good Christmas? Yeah. Everything has been going really well. We, um, we... Traveled down to Georgia, see some family, and just kind of been hanging around playing board games and, you know, doing the whole family thing. Just uh, trying to be together as much as possible while we, while we have a little bit of a break. That's great. Which games do you guys like to play? Uh, let's see. Last night we played a game called, uh, was it the, the Game? It's a card game where you're trying to, like, count down from 100. It's really interesting. Huh. Um, we played we played taboo. We played monopoly. Um, my, my daughter got a game called throw, throw burrito. I think is what it was where you, I don't know. It's just, we're, you know, all the board games. <laughs> That's great. We ha- we have risk on our, our kitchen table right now. We, we didn't get to finish it last night as often happens with risk, but right. Right. Yeah. After the show night, heading home for dinner and then we'll 
finish that game off. We play Catan too, uh, which is a lot of fun. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's, it's exciting. I I just want to touch base and say hello also, uh, because obviously to give folks to plant that seed as they're starting to think about 2022, it's really exciting to know that Reliant K has a date on the calendar in Philadelphia at the TLA. Uh, what do you know about the show so far? It's in the formative stages or have things advanced pretty far? You know, what, you know, what songs you're going to play and all that. Man, we have been rehearsing, and uh, I think we're narrowing down on a general kind of set list idea. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's still very fluid, so we'll we'll see what happens when we actually show up. But yeah, we're excited. I think it's um, in March. I forget the date. Yeah, it's Monday the twenty first. Twenty first. I knew I had a one and two. Uh, the twenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got it backwards. Yeah, the twenty first. Um, yeah, it's gonna be fun. I haven't been. Uh, up to Philly in a while, so man, it's going to be a lot of fun to get out there and, and see everybody. Well, if it works out, we'll I'll swing by and drop off some cheesesteaks for you guys uh, before the show. Oh, I would love <laughs> nothing more than to get a cheesesteak and say it to you. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. Do you know, uh, is it confirmed who's going to be on the road at this point, as far as the members of Reliant K? Um, more or less, uh, it's going to be, you know, me, uh, Matt, and Matt and Dave. Okay. Dave's going to be playing drums. And then uh, I believe that Ethan Luck is going to be playing bass for us. Okay. Uh, as long as uh, he's got a couple of scheduling things we're trying to work out. And as long as he can do it, he's going to be there. So That's great. Yeah. Well, it's exciting. Uh, folks tuning in, we're chatting with John Schneck for a few moments from Reliant K. And the band's going to be in town on the uh, Monday, the 21st of March at 730 at the TLA on South Street in philadelphia speaking of matt matt teeson uh and this course matt hoops what's it like working with matt uh and how what does collaboration look like because i i know matt i've met him but i don't know him well and he's such a gifted lyricist and uh, clever and the wordplay but also very meaningful lyrics um does matt do the lion's share of things and then the guys kind of gather around is there is there more of a back and forth on that how does that work for you guys yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, the majority of the time, Matt has a really, really, really uh, polished idea. Um, and then we come in to, uh, you know, work out different guitar parts and drum parts and arrangements and things like that. Sometimes he'll come with a song that's, you know, just a, kind of a, a shape of a song and we'll work something out. And sometimes he'll, you know, come with a fully fully fleshed out demo and we're just kind of replaying the things that were already on there. So, um, it kind of depends for the most part though. Yeah. He's, he's got a a good idea of what, uh, his songs are going to be. And then we kind of just put, put a little bit of finishing touches on them. You've done the guitar work as, as the lion's share of what you do, but you've also done some Mm -hmm. banjo, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we try to incorporate as many, um, you know, kind of fun instruments as we can. Uh, play a little keys, some banjo, uh, glockenspiel. Uh, let's see, Matt and Matt uh, play the trumpet on some songs. Um, we played a, um, oh man, I can't even think of all the instruments we've been playing. Uh, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, obviously. Um, and then Matt, Matt's playing piano quite a bit, uh, on this, on this stuff that we're doing now. So, and we try to keep it, uh, try to keep it as interesting as possible. 
Yeah, well, that's that's part of the part of the deal for folks who have listened to the music of Reliant K. They'll know if they've listened for any length of time. And you had a chance to play with, with the band for many, many years, a good chunk of the time. There were two songs I just wanted to ask you about, and I want to respect your family time during the holiday here, and maybe we can catch up uh, closer to the show. But um, one of the songs I believe you were part of the band for is Forget and Not Slow Down, which yeah. I think is one of my most uh, favorite songs um, – doesn't matter, Reliant K or otherwise, that I've ever listened to. I used to play it on repeat um, at the time, partly because it just it, what it's the subject matter and and the, the whole mm-hmm. idea of uh, letting go of some things and, and not being able to advance unless you do. And uh, what what does that song mean to you? And you you've had a chance to play it, I'm sure. Any thoughts on that song or feedback you've heard about the song? Yeah, it's uh, it's very similar for me. Um, you know, I think the one of the cool things about songs, um, and especially songs that you've been a part of, is they tend to have different meanings at different times in your life, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, having kids and, you know, kind of growing up and, and having different seasons of life, uh, sometimes songs mean one thing, and then years later you come back and you play the song and you're kind of rehearsing it and jamming with with the guys and then all of a sudden like you're like oh wow i never heard the song in this way before and it kind of means something totally different but um so i think that's the really cool thing about uh, songs and lyrics uh specifically that song you know definitely it just kind of means to me you gotta um you know kind of keep moving forward and uh, <clears throat> learn from the past and and just kind of literally forget and not slow down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just to do a couple uh, verses here, it says, How many times can I push it aside? Is it time I befriended all the ghosts of all the things that haunt me most? So they leave me alone, move on with my life, be certain the steps of left and right don't f- uh, fight the direction of upright. I'd rather forget and not slow down than gather regret for the things I can't change now. If I become what mm-hmm. I can't accept, resurrect the saint from within the wretch pour over me and wash my hands of it it's just a beautiful song it's a well-written uh you know and and you know as you would say the jpm the jesus per minute is not high in reliant k songs but (laughs) but it's there all the way through and you can tell because you've you've had to live it you know and and it comes through because you couldn't this a song that this can't be written unless it's been lived uh, i think ahead of time so um so there's that absolutely yeah for sure no go right ahead uh, I was gonna say there, there is a yeah like the 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 JPM is definitely not high in the band, but I think there's um, Matt has a, a really cool ability to write songs that people really uh, relate to on a spiritual level, whether or not even they're believers. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's really cool that we've over the the years we've been able to you know build a lot of relationships with people who you know, believe one way or believe another way, but they all sort of kind of can relate to, to the lyrics in, in one way uh, that, that means a lot to them. So I think that's really cool. John Sneck, our guest, just for a couple more minutes, longtime guitar player for Reliant K. They're coming to town at the TLA on South Street in Philadelphia, Monday, March 21st uh, on South Street. Uh, I want to ask you about one of the song, and I'll play that on the way out. But before that, just to, to let folks know also, in addition to the work you do, and I, and I think maybe you, the time with Reliant K came to a bit of a close for you, partly for family reasons. You have a wife and, and three wonderful kids. So I'm guessing that played into you know, mm-hmm. being on the roads a lot, right? Would I be right in that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there's that, but and so there's family time, but there's also the um, the business you've started. It's been a while. Bifocal, is that right? Yeah. Talk about that just for a second. That's right. Yeah. So whenever uh, right before we had my third child, uh, I came off the road for a bit of time, uh, finished my master's degree in futurism or strategic foresight. Uh, and then I started a business consulting company uh, where I try to help you know people through marketing and business consulting sort of cast a long-term strategic vision for their business and help it grow. Uh, and yeah, that's at a uh, bifocal.co, bifocal.co. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, okay. that's kind of what I do on the, I, I can't, I can't decide if that is my side hustle or if Reliant K is my side hustle, <laughs> but one of them is, one of them is my side hustle. And I, well, I guess it will be determined which one this year actually ends up being the side hustle and which one ends up being the full-time gig. So we'll see. I get that because with uh, I DJ weddings and I've worked in radio right, for yeah. 30 something years back and forth. And sometimes one of them's Batman, the other one's Robin and then the other way around. Totally right, yeah. I thought fantasy sports was your side hustle, like winning a bunch yeah, of different. I am. You still in I'm those? Overextend- I'm overextended. I'll be honest with you. I haven't touched my fantasy basketball roster in at least three weeks and I've, I'm letting my my league down, and I I am publicly admitting that. I did. Uh, I came in, I don't know, seventh place in fantasy football this year. So it's I got I got some work to do, but uh, it's been I'm I'm still in it, man. Yeah, thanks for remembering. I well, I, st- I give it a college try anyway. So. My son Toby is in a fantasy football league, and for guys like you. Uh, they have uh, with with regard to the basketball one, and I know you want to do more. But he, uh, all kidding aside, they they have it that if you finish in last place, the quote unquote prize is you have to do a stand up set at a local comedy club. Oh, that is funny. <laughs> so the, that is funny. They all signed off on it. Like, all right, better, <laughs> better pay attention, or you're going to be doing some stand up somewhere, and that yeah, can be pretty exactly. scary. <laughs> so that is. That is too funny, yeah. Well, and the other fun thing I know that you do, I've seen you do it on, on Facebook, uh, the Cubiversity thing. Do you still do the fiddle with the Rubik's Cube and uh, do the videos? Uh, I haven't I haven't messed with that in a while, but, I mean, yeah, definitely anytime I, I see an unsolved Rubik's Cube, I can't leave it. I have to I have to solve it. But, um, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's on my YouTube. I, I ended up putting those up on my YouTube channel just to see if anybody would – would uh, check them out, but yeah, that's uh, I think Cubiversity dot com still redirects to my YouTube channel there, but okay, um, it's uh, it's the 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 idea behind that was, you know, you by learning to solve the, the cube, you learn a, a series of algorithms, and it's much easier to remember song lyrics than it is to remember pretty much anything. So we we put all the all the algorithms to uh, you know funny little songs, so it's a little bit easier to memorize them. So hmm. that's the whole idea behind that. Yeah, and it was fun. We did a Kickstarter on it, and we uh, we animated it, and we actually became the Kickstarter project of the day. Wow! Uh, back in I don't know that was gosh that was so long ago twenty fourteen something like that, but yeah uh, twenty fifteen. But it was a lot of fun. We had a we had a good time doing it and got a lot of random press from you know Engadget and all these cool like tech sites that thought that we were we were up to some cool stuff so yeah well that, no that's that's another facet of you and of, of your work <laughs> you know so uh folks yeah. have been tuning in john schneck been our guest from reliant k jonathan schneck.com you can look him up there you can certainly go to reliant k.com 
Looking forward to that coming to town on March 21st, 2022 at the TLA on South Street. When I was in junior high, that's when I first learned to do the Rubik's Cube. I haven't done it in a long time, but like you, if I see one, uh, I've kind of forgotten. But I, I actually got it in under uh, 20 seconds um, in high school. Oh, nice. But a couple times in high school, I think even in the, in the teens somewhere. Uh, but now I've forgotten the, the last the last third of it. I, I have to wrestle with it. It could take me a number of minutes to get it, but I can do it. I, do you remember? Do you know your fastest time yeah. at the cube? Yeah, I got down into the 30s, but you know, one shaving like you know a couple seconds off once you get down that quick, you just have to memorize so many more you know, so many more algorithms. Yeah. So <laughs> right. I just kind of, I was like, yeah, this is good enough. <laughs> right. Wow. I'm never, I'm never going to set a world record. So how much further do I need to go with this thing? You know? Yeah, that's fun. Well, and sometimes they line up for you. I mean, the, the lower ones have happened for me with the cube because some stickers, yeah. some of the sides were already happened to work out to be in place or they fell into place. Exactly. Um, yeah, totally. John, one song I want to end with here is, um, I celebrate the day, which you also play on that yeah. album, right? Um, let, mm-hmm. let it yeah, snow, baby. Let it rain, dear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what does yeah. that song, you know, it certainly applies because it's not just Christmassy, but it also speaks to New Year's and, again, change and, uh, you know, looking back at your life, which is certainly what ha- folks do at this time of, of the year a lot of times and what's ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's um, that's one of my favorite songs that we've played. We did a, we did a Christmas tour. Um, I think the only full-on Christmas tour we ever did was we did the uh, – Toby Mac Winter Wonder Slam uh, many years ago, um, and that was a lot of fun. And we we played a ton of Christmas songs off of that record, and uh, that was one that we played. And it was uh, always a you know a fan favorite. And that's one of those songs that um that Matt wrote uh, you know original Christmas song. And it's I've, I've just ran, randomly ran into many many people, and that's always at the top of their list for songs off of that record so man it's one of my favorites too uh it's just a really cool song so i appreciate you playing it absolutely i'll I'll throw that on here and uh thank you again john for taking time with us today really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me anytime absolutely it's uh, john schneck plays with the guitar with reliant k and again they're in town march 21st 2022 at the tla on south street this is i celebrate the day from reliant k the tim demar show wfil i celebrate the day you were born to die So I could one day Pray for you to save my life Pray for you to save my life Pray for you to save my life 560WFIL.com on the app Reliant K I celebrate the day from their Let It Snow Baby, Let It Reindeer album John Schneck, kind enough to spend time with us this afternoon, the guitar player for the band. Again, they're in town Monday the 21st of March at the TLA on South Street in Philadelphia. Brief break. Looking forward to bringing Katie Trent on board. She's got a book out called Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families. It's a delicious book as well. More to come in just a second. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Looking forward to bring on board a special guest here in just a second. Her name is Katie Trent, and she's written a book called Dishing Up Devotions. 
36th Faith Building Activities for Homeschooling Families. Thank you for taking time with us today, Katie. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks, Tim. How are you? Wonderful. How was your Christmas? Oh, we had a great time. I always love time with family, baking, and connecting. That's great. Always a blessing to have quality family time. And we're glad you can take a little bit of time with the WFIL listening family to share about this book, Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families. I want to give you the floor and let you share about the book, including you know what led you to write it and what's in it. What are the ingredients, so to speak? Yeah, absolutely. So I love faith, family, homeschooling, and baking. And this book is a combination of all of those things. So it was incredibly fun to write. And it's really the heart behind it is just to equip busy moms, whether you homeschool or not, to be able to spend time growing your faith and strengthening your character while doing meaningful activities. I really wanted people to know that faith building can and should be fun. And so it's set up as 36 weeks. So you can do one for each typical week of a school year. And each week has got encouragement for mom based on a biblical character trait that we'd like to instill in our families. And so start with encouragement for mom with a prayer and an affirmation. And then it provides a quick, simple family activity to build their faith and help them to really understand, like, what does it look like in our everyday life to live out a character trait? Like, what does it mean to be strong and courageous, for example? And then it's got a something I call a baking buddies, which is a conversation starter and a connection to make it an object lesson, along with a delicious baking recipe that helps again, reinforce that theme. So it's fun and it's quick and it's easy and delicious. Yeah. And as I read through it, I, I was seeing the, the multi, multiple layers, if you will, to how you put all those, those ingredients together, the scripture verse, I guess each chapter starts with a scripture verse. And then I guess a brief story or some of the thoughts you wanted to bring to the table, setting up a, a prayer and an affirmation, a family activity and those baking buddies, uh, component as well. So along those lines, um, is Dishing Up Devotion set up, I would call it curriculum-like, where it's kind of, you know, go from the beginning to the end, or is it looser that you could kind of use one chapter as you see fit, chapter 18, then chapter 30, then chapter 7, or whatever? Yes, it's definitely designed so that you can use it any way you want. You don't have to go in order. So let's say, you know, you're really struggling with patience in your family. You can say, hey, let's flip to that patience chapter, and we're all going to work on this this week. Or you might just say, wow, I really want to make that pumpkin cake, so let's flip to <laughs> that chapter at the end and start there and focus on that. So it's very versatile. You can, even if you get busy and you skip a few weeks, it doesn't matter. Um, like I said, it's really just made for busy moms like me uh, to make meaningful memories with your kids and make it easy for you. Yeah, that's great. Folks, tuning in, Katie Trent is our guest author of Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families. Uh, you mentioned the recipes there for a second. That kind of, that's a kind of a fun way to say, what's, what, what am I in the mood for? And let that lead, which, which can be a legitimate thing, too. Where did the recipes come from out of curiosity in terms of stuff you've worked on or friends, family, or, or all that? Yeah, so it's a combination. Actually, the, the best part about it is my mom, many years ago, put together a beautiful Christmas gift for our family, and she put together a recipe book of all of her favorite recipes and things she'd cooked for us over the years. And so many of them come from there. But then also I went several years where I had to go gluten-free. Yeah. And I had a lot of friends who had allergies and different things. And so I really wanted to learn how to make delicious treats gluten-free. 
so that I could bless people when they were with me and enjoy them myself. And so a lot of the recipes are gluten-free, are easy to adapt for people who have different types of food sensitivities. So it's a combination of that and then family favorites and a few that friends have given me over the years. Um, But I just love to bake, so I'm always trying new things. As I was going through the uh, table of contents, Katie, you know, the different chapter titles slash recipes were jumping off the page at me. Uh, I think there was the set apart peanut butter chocolate chip cookies, cinnamon sugar donut holes, mini lemon loaves, and the upside down apple tart. I think it's chapter 14 really caught my eye. Uh, includes uh, God's faithfulness, uh, you know, talking about that in that chapter. Share about that a bit if you would. Yeah, so chapter 14 is all about faithfulness, and we talk about how we can be faithful and entrust our kids with more responsibilities and correlating that to how when we're faithful with the little things in our life, God is able to give us more and entrust us with more. And so it's talking about how can we grow in that. Um, And a family activity is really looking at how we can all grow in faithfulness and little things in our home. And then that upside down apple tart, that's one of my favorites, too. We talk about the parable of the talents. Um, and kind of tie that in. And we talk about how, you know, the kingdom of God seems upside down in a lot of ways, because um, those who have more and are faithful with it get more, you know, um, it seems kind of backwards to a society where we think of fairness in different terms. And so um, we get to make that delicious upside down apple tart. And it's a super simple, easy recipe, but it turns out beautifully. um, So it's fun to share with your family or even guests. And so then you get to make the tart and talk about that faithfulness together and then enjoy the treat. Yeah. You know, and I was reading through the story part, I guess, of of trying to help your children, I guess, uh, be responsible with the things they're given. And yet sometimes it's still a struggle, even things that have been supposedly their responsibility for a long time. My wife and I have five kids and and uh, can testify to that. You feel like. We've had this conversation a lot of times, haven't we? <laughs> so, right, that's yeah. right. That's part of your, I think you were talking about clearing the table even. Like, wait, mm-hmm. I thought every night we eat and we clear the table. Why are you playing piano in the next room? Or why are you petting the dog? Or why are you, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> so there's a very real, you know, are a lot of the stories from kind of just your everyday experience? Yeah, absolutely. I just share mom life because I think we can all relate to that. Um, share homeschooling stories. I share different things from friends. Um, you know, I do ministry and I've done counseling and a lot of things. So I'm blessed with the opportunity to talk to and encourage a lot of families. And so it's really a combination of that. But a lot of it is just our personal stories um, of struggles that we have along the way. Folks tuning in, we're chatting with Katie J. Trent on the Tim DeMoss Show at WFIL. She's written a book called Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith Building Activities for homeschooling families. Uh, Talk about homeschooling for a minute, if you will, just even philosophically how you and your husband came to the decision to do that, how long you've been doing it, and and any thoughts. Because obviously folks do things differently, and our family's homeschooled. We've also done public school. We've done Christian school. We've done online school, depending on the kid and depending on the year. What about for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So we actually started, I was a public school, elementary school counselor for a year, and my daughter was uh, about three. She was in a Montessori preschool at the time. My husband was doing ministry, and he was home watching our baby. And it was really then that God began to convict me um, of the blessing and importance of homeschooling and how I could really be more intentional in discipling my kids for who God had created them to be 
Um, he had really put that heavy on my heart. And I saw within that school setting, you know, wonderful teachers who loved kids and did their best, but yet were constantly sharing just their struggles and how the system was so broken. Um, and so that was really the time where we said, hey, I think this might be something God's asking of us. And we prayed and talked and really both felt that conviction from the Lord. And so I quit my job, which was a huge transition for us because I was really the one bringing the money into the family at that time. And we said, we're going to make some sacrifices and we're going to really do this thing. So we're now five years into our homeschooling journey and we just love it. It's been an incredible blessing for our family to have that time with our kids and to see them grow even just over the last five years and the way that they have has been incredible. And I always encourage people, I think oftentimes, and what I hear from families is they don't feel like they're equipped, they're not smart enough, or they don't feel like they have the ability or, you know, they just can't see it. But I believe that everybody can homeschool where our children's first and best teachers, you know, as moms, we're teaching them how to talk and walk and do all those things. And so I want families to know, and even through this book, just that they can do it if that's something that they feel on their heart. And I love what you said, because I think it's true. God knows our seasons, and we just want to be faithful to where he's leading our family in each season. And whether you homeschool your kids for a year or the whole way through, like you'll never look back and say, oh, I really wish I hadn't spent that time with my kids. And so take the plunge and trust God to lead you along the way. Very true. Very true. Katie Trent, our guest, author of Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families. One thing I like about this book also is it could fit the school year, but it doesn't have to. Uh, and to that to that degree uh, or, or in that direction, would you say Dishing Up Devotions could benefit a family that really hasn't homeschooled or isn't even familiar with it necessarily? Yes, absolutely. Really, the only parts that even mention homeschooling are some of the encouragements for mom and the stories might have homeschool related things but this is a book that we've actually had a lot of feedback from non-homeschooling families who are loving it because it's meant for busy families so even if your kids are in school all day you can do these in an evening or on the weekend and it's just a great resource for you to grow your family's faith and do that intentional discipleship um, even if you don't have all day every day with them so we've had really great feedback from non-homeschooling parents, teachers even. We've got a number of teachers who've gone through the book and are loving it. So Yeah, and I guess along those lines, uh, from a timing standpoint, you know, the people make decisions even mid-year, uh, what are they doing? Maybe we're going to take our child out of school or we're going to try this or that. And, uh, dishing up devotion sounds like that could work well for a family right out of the chute, even if they haven't done any homeschooling at all. It's not like they need to have be homeschooling experts, and now they're adding to their repertoire. Yes, no, exactly. It's it's quick, it's easy, it's all in the book. And I say I'm a Pinterest dropout. I'm not one of those moms that has it all together and does these great elaborate things. So the family activities, the recipes, they really are easy. A lot of the recipes even, you know, combine some boxed ingredients and just enhance them to make something different. So this is great whether you're not a good baker, whether you're super busy or not creative or crafty. You don't have to be any of those things to be able to do these activities with your family. Katie Chance, our guest, author of Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. Speaking of Pinterest, maybe now's a good time just to ask you about the photos because there are a lot of beautiful photos in the book. There are, and I would love to take credit for them, but our beautiful designer actually found them. A lot of them are stock photos and things, so 
um, but it makes for just an incredibly beautiful book. Yeah, and it really um, th- there's a hominess to the, to this because uh, each chapter is you know three, four, five, six pages, very digestible, including considering all of the things you're putting into it, really from the scripture to the the lesson or the the story that things are birthed out of to the other components, including the baking and the recipe. It really is uh, a manageable, manageable and, and accessible. I think might be the word I use. Like if I were to show this to my family, it's not something that feels heavy in one direction or another. It's not all about homeschooling or all about baking or all about scripture. Even it's all tied together with with the right mix, the right whatever the uh, the word, the right amounts of everything. I'm guessing was that was that did that come naturally for you? Or did you have to kind of sort through that that tone, if you will? You know what? This book was honestly so easy to write, and it really did come naturally. It was so fun. I know that the Lord's hand was on it because um, it was just amazing how everything came together and the ideas and creativity that came into this book. Um, so it's I, I'm very proud of it. It's a beautiful book, and I've heard so much great feedback from people that are loving it. So it really encourages me that it's blessing them just as it's blessed our family. Had you ever seen a book coming or is it more of a, just a natural extension of your life at the time? Um, I've been wanting to write a book. I've actually, this is actually not even the first book I've written. I've written another book and a half and was looking into publishing when I met my agent and we started talking. Um, and that's really how this book came to be is she said, I see all these things that you like. Maybe you could do a devotional and combine some of them. And I said, yeah, let me pray about it. And that's where the idea came. And it just, like I said, it came naturally um, and it was just really fun to write. That's great. That's great. You mentioned your husband. Just share, if you will, his role, uh, whether it's direct or indirect in dishing up devotions and, of course, living life together and having kids together. That's the prep, if you will, that just has happened all your lives. Yeah. You know, my husband and I have been married for 16 years now. We have two kids. Our daughter, Kendra, is eight and our son, Jordan, is If you ask them, they would add halves to those years, which is very important. But (laughs) um, we have been in ministry for about 12 of those years and done everything from different types of pastoral ministry and church planting. And uh, my husband has been such an incredible blessing. This book is absolutely because of his belief in me. He has been my champion throughout the process of publishing, which anybody who is in writing or publishing knows is not an easy journey. Um, so he has been a support through the ups and downs. He's taken the kids, you know, so that I could write and done a lot of different things to help me along the way, gives me feedback. Um, he has even, you know, stepped out of ministry and done things so that he could make money while I was doing this journey of homeschooling and writing. So, yeah, my husband James is just an incredible blessing, and our whole family gets involved. We really believe whatever season you're in, you should be celebrating the small victories and taking time to thank the Lord. And so we've done that all along the way. And it's just been a really fun journey. They go with me to book signings and they're a big part of all of that. So it's been a really fun process as a family. It's their victory as much as mine. How old did you say Jordan was, by the way? Jordan is six and a half. Six and a half and Kendra's eight and a half. What, what do they think of the book and did they contribute? I'm guessing they did just by living together uh, to, to parts of the book. Yeah, they did. They love it. They were my baking helpers, and we've done even a couple of videos um, of baking recipes and things, but they love to do it. My daughter is, I'm pretty sure she thinks she's a food critic. We probably watch too much Food Network and whatnot, but <laughs> yeah. uh, so she, she tells me straight out whether she likes something or not, 
um, and has been a great asset in that way. And my son Jordan just loves to be in the kitchen with us and spending time. So yeah. we have a lot of fun together and make a lot of messes together. Your, and you, was it your mom? You said the number of the recipes come from her. Like you had that in yeah. in your history. Yeah. So I've got just a three ring binder that she put together a lot of yep. them. And when I was searching for recipes, I would flip through and I'd find a recipe and I'd think, oh, I can call it this and tie it in this way, and this would go great. Um, and so that was a big part of how I started with that. That's the the, the as you say, three ring binder. I'm smiling because my mom went to be with the Lord in April of 2015. But and we're a Greek family, lots of handwritten recipes in that book. That one of the things my sister, who was born first in our family, took it upon herself after my mom passed was to make copies for all of the five of us. So we'd have mom's cookbook in, in mom's own writing. And uh, oh. yeah, so but it is a three ring binder, just like you're talking about with you. It must, maybe it was yep. a thing, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's nothing fancy, but I treasure it. I still use it every day. Oh, I bet. Folks, just tuning in. Katie Trent's been our guest on the program today. She's author of Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families, although anyone can benefit from it and use it. And it can be used kind of in a curriculum-like manner, or it can just be used as you need to as a resource. Each chapter has a scripture, verse, or passage, a, a brief story, and some thoughts, and then a prayer, affirmation, family activity, and baking buddies uh, and heading into a recipe with beautiful pictures and, and recipes to make. Our daughter, Theodora, was named after my mom and my wife's mom. Um, and my mom was always in the kitchen, very meticulous, cutting things up uh, and, and making everything look beautiful, pineapple upside down, cakes and all kinds of other things. And our daughter is naturally taken to it. So I'm looking forward to to using this book with her. I, I'm going to bring it home tonight. I'm sure I'm going to show it to her and she's going to be like, which one? Which one, Dad? Let's do, you know, so... And we can use it as our family devotions, which is important. Another aspect, too. Were family devotions kind of a part of your guys' lives, and this is another way of doing them? Yeah, absolutely. And this is a little bit unique because there's family devotionals out there where the devotion part is meant to be read as a family, whereas this part of the devotion is really encouragement for mom, and then mom uses this to incorporate with the family. So it's a little bit of a twist on that, but I think anytime you can get together and study Scripture you know, this is great, too, if you want to, as a family, memorize the scripture verse for each week or do it as copy work. There's just a lot of different ways that you can work the book together. It's interesting, Katie, as you're talking there, I'm thinking of your daughter, Kendra, when I was about her age. I remember wanting to surprise my mom and make her something. And I went down the pantry and uh, looked at the recipe. But it, the recipe, uh, the, the sorry, the, the actual flour, and it said all... I thought it was all proposed. Yeah, but I I was reading it as a kid as all proposed flour. Like, oh, it's a special kind of flour, and I can't use this. So I didn't make anything. And I realized later, I don't know how many years later I was realized that oh, I I could have used, I definitely could have used it as the definition of all purpose. But uh, so you know, it's just fun fun memories to think of. You know, did you look? Did you uh, spend time in the kitchen with your mom growing up? Did you appreciate that aspect? Yeah, absolutely. I think I tilled way too many potatoes because we had five kids in our family, too. So mm. there's some things that I don't enjoy doing, but I'll never forget, especially around the holidays, my mom would bake up a storm and do little goodies for neighbors and things. And so we spent a lot of time baking together and I can still smell all of those Christmas smells. And that's something that I've carried on with my kids as well as all of that baking. One last question for you, too. You mentioned how you had really good feedback from folks kind of from all uh, walks of life, not just uh, folks who homeschool. 
Uh, any particular feedback surprised you that you didn't necessarily think would come from the book? And just maybe a recapping of your hopes for the book for those who pick it up. I think the biggest thing has just been the blessing that while I had hoped that it would bless other families that weren't homeschooling, hearing from, like I said, teachers and moms that don't homeschool, just how much it has impacted their lives as well has really been an encouragement for me. And my hope really is just that everybody will feel confident and joyful in raising their kids to be leaders. I feel like, you know, especially in the world we see today, there's so much brokenness and we've got to do something different if we want to see a different result. And so the focus of character building is really so that we can cultivate leaders who change the world. And that's what each chapter is focused on is how can we be strong in our faith and strong in our character uh, so that we can be creative and really fulfill the purpose that God has put in each of us. And so my hope is that families pick up this book and realize that they can all grow together. Well, congratulations to you. Thank you for taking time with us. And uh, thank you. Thank your family for sharing with us today, too. Thank you so much, Tim. I really appreciate it. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Katie Trent, author of Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families. You're listening to The Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the WFIL app. Thanks for tuning in to The Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. It's 457 on The Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you to John Schneck from Reliant K, guitar player. They're in town at the TLA Monday the 21st of March on South Street. Looking forward to that show very much. Also, Katie Trent, author of Dishing Up Devotions, 36 faith-building activities, activities, yes, for homeschooling families. A lot of recipes, delicious. Uh, Hoping to get some copies to give away. That'd be a fun one. Thank you also uh, to whoever's been praying for our daughter with special needs, Victoria Joy. She had spinal fusion surgery in Miami on the 1st of December. Very serious, uh, 32 screws put in her back, top to bottom, basically her entire back. Survived it, which I was not taking for granted. Made it home, which was another experience. And she is recovering. Um, There's still some pain involved, as you might imagine, and some learning from my wife and I as to how to love and care for her best. But God's been answering a lot of prayers. So thank you. And if you can continue that, we'd greatly appreciate it. Have a great night. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.